following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Now, my words will not be lengthy today. I prepared for 20 minutes. I really did because this is a special day. I'm not trying to preach you to the moon and back today, but I'm just going to hit you with something that I think is very important. By the way, Diane, Jesus still heals. Diane Clearman, Jesus still heals. I saw you up there. That Jesus is a healer. And I, I want to I wanna declare, declare to this congregation today that I'm not here to try to win the speaker award today. But I rejoice in what God has done through ministries that come to this church and ministries that are a part of this church to bring people off the street and see them find salvation in their life and find the Lord in their hearts and arise and take the step in water baptism. I just think it's so awesome. And it's a great, great day. And 61 have already gone down. And if you feel that challenge in your heart, at the end of service today, we're going to have our prayer partners come instead of them coming because we didn't want to shut down on the what was going on over here, what was happening over there. We'll have prayer partners at the end of service. So I will be through in plenty of time to let them pray. I'm speaking today on this subject, three unique ones. Say three, three. unique three. ones. <laughs> All right, turn to somebody and say, you're unique. unique. Say, you're special. And don't lie in church, you may be seated. (laughs) Go ahead, you can be seated. This is an unusual sermon built around a single word that I simply say, it's unique. I call this a Roman candle sermon. Let me explain. A Roman candle is a firework that consists of an individual tube launching successive bursts of glowing material into the sky. And each burst comes from the same candle, but each burst is different. However, a Roman candle sermon has a central thought, word, or premise, and from that thought, several different tracks can be followed. For example, If my central thought was, if I could do life over again, I would always remember to blank. And I could preach four or five things there from the same concept. And from the basic premise of a Roman candle sermon, you can go in different directions. This is not easy preaching. It's really not. It's not an easy preaching style. Every burst should be timed roughly the same, and you don't need to linger on one and make the other in a real short burst. The first and last burst should be the highest and the brightest. And the number of bursts should be limited. And time has a way of getting away from you, this style of preaching. So let me redeem the time telling you about it. Because in this particular message, I have strung all three thoughts into a cohesive whole where each relates to the other. Everybody say three Three. unique Unique. ones. I sometimes, just in my study time, I'll type a word that comes to my mind into into a, a, an engine called Bible Gateway just to see if it exists in the Bible, just to see if one of the words that I could conceive would exist in the Bible. And I discovered one day that the word God is not found in the book of Esther. It's kind of unique. God worked mightily for those people, those Jewish people in the land of Shushan, but the name God was never found. Then I discovered by just putting valley one day into that engine, that search engine, I discovered that the Old Testament is full of the word valley. But the New Testament, it's not a New Testament word. It's in there one time, Luke chapter three, verse five. And it says, every valley 
shall be filled. What I think God is trying to tell us is when I sent Jesus Christ to you, <laughs> he's he going to take you out of those valleys and put you on some higher ground of living. Amen. So let's just don't even talk about valleys in the New Testament. Things discovered in word find. A word came to my mind recently. No mention of this word is in the King James Version, but it's found in a limited manner in other translations, and it took me a while to discover that. Three of these references arrested my attention, and they're from the book of Job and Song of Solomon and the book of Zechariah. In his book, Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan, after Christian had laid down his burden, three shining ones greeted him. The first announced that his sins were forgiven. That'd be a great shine in your life, wouldn't it? The second gave him a change of garments, change of clothing. That would be a great change in your life. And the third placed a mark on his forehead and then provided him with a scroll to read en route to the heavenly gate. And Christian leaped for joy three times for all these things that had happened in his life. John Bunyan meant this encounter with the three shining ones to show the uniqueness of baptism that God does forgive your sins, that he does give you a change of raiment, and that he does mark you for redemption. I love that. Three unique ones, though, is what I want to talk about today, not three shining ones. Christianity, folks, is one of the six major religions of the world. And in terms of size, Christianity is listed as either the largest or the second largest in the world. But if people in Christendom knew the power of Christianity... The message of Christ would eclipse all others by leaps and bounds. However, most view Christianity as a tame, domesticated house cat that sleeps a lot on Sunday morning if you bring him to church. And they don't realize the lion-like power that Christianity has. For the general of Christian work is the lion of the tribe of Judah. His name is Jesus. See, a Christian is a Christite. He's a follower of Jesus Christ, and each is branded as being one of his, and each carries the hope of being a part of his bride. And we witness an identity crisis, though, in Christendom. See, what is advertised many times is not produced, and what is on the label is not found in the content. And the power of godliness is overshadowed by the form of godliness. And the message is diluted by mixed messages. And people fail to experience the abundant life in Jesus and by Jesus Christ. The joys of the narrow way are not fully recognized and senses are dulled. This is a, this is a rocket launch here. Senses are dulled to the joy and the peace of abiding in the vine. And such people live pilgrim's progress in reverse for they pick up burdens that they once laid down. And they modify Christianity to suit their preferences. And the glorious light of the celestial city is on their backs. And the dim glow of the city of destruction is on their face. And many wonder, many wonder, is this all that Christianity is about? Just this struggle, this never knowing one day to the next? For those who find themselves in this place, I offer a solution. Not three shining solutions, but three unique solutions. And I want to preach today on three unique things that will restore your vision and your walk with God. My first text is found in the oldest book in the Bible, in the book of Job, chapter 23. Job has a single sentence and then ends it with a rhetorical question. 
He said, but he is unique. Did you see that? He is unique. And who can make him change? That's rhetorical. For he is God and he changes not. This is the first unique one. Here's what I want to preach for just a moment. We worship a very unique God. Boom. Boom. The former president of the United States, Barack Obama, made a comment one day, an interesting comment. In an interview, he referred to three great presidents without mentioning their names, but given their initials. The first was FDR. The second was JFK. And the third was LBJ. Each of these presidents was so unique and served in such unique times that only one has to refer to their initials for people to know their identity. We know Franklin Delano Roosevelt, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, and Lyndon Baines Johnson. But if a creature can be that unique, how much more unique is the creator? Because the creature can never be greater than the creator. Job said of God, he is unique. He cannot be put into a pantheon of fickle and faithless gods. He is not like the gods of other religions. Our God is unique. The most common name for God in the Hebrew Bible is what we would call initials. Four consonants comprise the tetragrammaton. In English, these are the letters Y-H-W-H. That was the name that God revealed to Moses at the burning bush. When Moses asked the question, how can I conquer and how can I bring people out of Egypt? And God said, Yahweh will help you. I am that I am. You need a deliverance? I am that. You need be brought out? I am that. You need the sea to part? I am that. You need the Jordan River to roll back? I am that. You need manna every day? I am that. You need water from a rock? I am that. You, you listen to me. The God that I preach about is a unique I am that I am God. Yahweh. It's shorthand for all that God is. No one or nothing is like him. He is a self-existing one. He's without beginning, without ending. He's eternal. He's everlasting. We worship a unique God, one that's faithful, one that's long living and will never go away. The New Testament describes Jesus as the only begotten. The Greek in that, the monogenesis of that meaning is one of a kind, one and only, unique. Everybody say, my God is unique. See, only Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Only Jesus is the expressed image of his person. Only Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And only Jesus arose triumphant from death and hell and the grave. And only Jesus has the keys of eternal life. He is unique. I don't want to preach against somebody today, but my Jesus is not like Mohammed. For he is sinless. He is not like Krishna, because Jesus is the way and the truth, and the life. And he's not like Confucius. He took our punishment at Calvary. Salvation is in no other name. We serve an awesome, unique God. 
He made us. Only he can satisfy us. Only he can save us. Only he can provide for us. Only he alone rewards us. And he alone heals us. Hallelujah. I'm not here promoting Starbucks. I'm here promoting the morning star today. I'm not here selling Amway. I'm selling the only way. And I'm not here pushing Barnes and Noble. I'm preaching the most noble of all the earth and all the world. Jesus Christ is the unique one. Say no other name. Say it. No other name. No other name. No other name. No other name. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm sorry, Mohammed. I'm sorry, Krishna. I'm sorry, Confucius. I know a name that's above every name, and it's a unique name that only becomes our God. Reject him if you're so inclined, but you can never ignore him. Walk away if you like, but, but know whom you're walking away from. He has a matchless fidelity. His infinite mercy, his inimitable grace. He is a God, Job said, that changes not. He's unique and there's none like him. Paul said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anybody need a healing touch today? Anybody need deliverance today? Come on now, help me preach. Anybody need a better job today? Anybody be in a better home life today? Jesus that provided it then can provide it now and he'll provide it tomorrow because he changes not. Let me introduce you to the second unique one. Not only do we have a unique God, the Song of Solomon says, 60 queens there may be and 80 concubines and virgins beyond number, but my dove, the perfect one, is unique. Here the son of David, Solomon, describes his bride. She's unique. So, not only do we have a unique God, but we belong to a unique people. Can I tell you what the church is to Jesus Christ? We're his bride. We're his bride. He never calls us his wife, just his bride, because we're as new to him every day as we are the day we get saved. Come on now, come on now. We're his bride. The spirit of the bride say come. In Revelation, the very end of it's still the bride. I'm here to declare the church is our Lord's beloved. She's the bride of Christ. She's the apple of his eye. She's the object of his affection. He watches over his church. He guards this church. Boom, I'm, I'm shooting at you now. He showers prayer and attention upon his church. He calls it my dove, my perfect one, my unique one. It grieves me, folks, when I see people harping on what's wrong with the church. That bothers me. Really, the church is not your problem. You're your problem. Because the church is still the only way out of your issue meeting Jesus Christ. Life under the sun has its disappointments, yet we need to reflect what is right with the church. The church is God's agenda for the whole world. It's plan A, and by the way, there's no plan B. He is the mastermind behind all of it. See, he declares in Matthew 16 and 18 that his church is indestructible. He said, upon this rock I will build it, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
The church has a clear title for in Acts 20, 28, he purchased it with his own blood. The church has a firm foundation. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 11, he said there's no other foundation other than Jesus Christ. The church has a great fellowship, Isaiah 51 and 11, the fellowship of the redeemed. And the church has a matchless invitation. Let him who hears say come. And let him who thirsts come in Revelation 22 and 17. To say I don't need the church is either to be ignorant or arrogant. Jesus gave himself for the church. John 3, 16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In 1 John 3, 16, he tells us what we're to do for him. We're to give ourselves to the church. We cannot live in isolation. Can I preach to you? Boom. We have the fellowship of the believers. We must have it. We must have it. Find your place in the church. Uncover your talents. Uncover your gifts. Get to work in the building of the church of God. That is your ministry. You have a role that God has gifted you to do. Listen, Jesus did not promise to build your ministry. He promised to build the church. Amen. Get in the church and find your ministry. Work in harmony to build the church of Jesus Christ. I promise you the church is going to be raptured out of here one day. Come on, clap your hands real big, real big. I read about two guys whose car was sideswiped by a truck and the car was thrown into a ditch and when the driver awakened, he was able to move but noticed that his friend was hurt. And the young man realized that if he didn't get help fast, his friend was not going to make it. He's going to die. So he looked up the hillside and saw a sign advertising a doctor's clinic. And he thought, if I get my friend there, he'll live. So the driver began to climb the hill with his friend in his arm. And he got to the door of the building and knocked. And the man in a white coat came and said, may I help you? And the young man said, sir, we just had a wreck and my friend's hurt real bad. Please save him. And the man at the door replied, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I quit practicing medicine five years ago. And the young man looked at his friend and looked at the sign advertising a doctor's clinic. And he said, if you're not going to help anyone, would you please take down your sign? The church is standing as a beacon on a hill. We're working again on building our new church. We started this week. We, get, we closed on Tuesday. We were building on Wednesday. We're not building that church so we can have more, more room, so we can pr be proud and boast and say we have more room. We're building that because we're trying to be the beacon church on the hill that people can run to and find salvation and find healing and find deliverance in their life and find a better way. It's the world's last best hope. Our sign is still up. The light is still on. Our shingle is still out because the power is still available. The name still works and the blood still cleanses and he still sets the captives free in this house. Praise brings the king to this house and where the king is, there is power. Come on now. We worship a unique God. We fellowship with a unique people. But here's the last one, three bursts. Here's the last one, the last unique. Zachariah said on that day, there'll be no sunlight nor cold, frosty darkness. It'll be a unique day without daytime or nighttime. A day known to the Lord. And when evening comes, there will be light. We possess, folks, a unique future. Wow. People think we are living in a dream world to believe in a hereafter. But I believe in the virgin birth because it happened. Yes. 
I believe in the death, burial, and bodily resurrection because it happened. I believe in the ascension because it happened. And I believe in the second coming because it's going to happen. Jesus is a promise keeper, not just a promise maker. When Israel left Egypt, they journeyed east toward the sunrise. Randy, if you'll help me. We're on a journey toward a perpetual rising sun. And I hear the song of my youth in my ears. We used to sing it in church. There's a country far beyond the starry skies. There's a city where there'll never come a night. And if we're faithful, we shall go there by and by. It's a city where the Lamb is the light. In that city where the Lamb is the light. In that city where there cometh no night. I've a mansion over there and it's free from toil and care. Ha! I'm going where the Lamb is the light. Everybody 60 and older just voted for me to be pastor another year. <laughs> We've sang a song, glad day, glorious day, glad day, a glorious day. There with all the holy angels and loved ones to stay, that will be a glad reunion day. It's unique. You believe in heaven? Yeah, yeah. Today is the Feast of Trumpets in Israel. They blow the horn. It's the start of a new year. The old year is gone. The new year is coming on and they blow horns. Wow. I'm not prophesying or predicting. I'll never do that. No man knows the day of the hour. But do we know seasons? Maybe we know seasons. One day the Lord's going to say, Gabriel, why don't you join in with that Feast of Trumpet and just blow your horn and bring my people home. Let's go get them. Last week was a tough week for the staff. We had a funeral for a beautiful old saint. We buried him on Friday and then Saturday went down to, to San Marcos and Randy and I, everybody wants Randy to go with me when I go do a funeral because they want Randy to sing. I love our music pastor. And he knows I mean that. And Randy sung the same song at every funeral. And then we had another funeral on Monday. A precious man that went to this church. He sung, I can only imagine. Same song. And every time he sung it, I, I had to get my handkerchief out and wipe my eyes. I can only imagine what it'll be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Or will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. Unique. Really? A city 1,500 miles long and 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high, 12 foundations. 125 mile ceilings on every, on, every, on every floor. 125 miles. How's your, how high is your atmosphere? 125 miles high. We've got a high ceiling, but I can jump and hit it because I'm immortal now. I can fly through it too. Unique. You sit around talking about heaven. You want to go on living for God. You sit around talking about people. You want to quit everything. Heaven is a unique place. 
In fact, I put it in my notes, it will be as if we've seen it for the very first time. When the scales of mortality drop from our eyes, we'll see our unique future before us. I read of a little girl born blind and the only knowledge she had of the world's beauty were the descriptions that her mother gave her of flowers in the spring and foliage in the fall and snow in the winter and the ocean at summertime. And the little girl could only imagine. However, at the age of 10, an experimental surgery was performed on her and after several weeks, the bandages were removed and the moment of truth came and she came to the window and looked out to the world and she said, Mom, she was crying, why didn't you tell me? It was so beautiful. And the mother said, I tried, honey, but words wouldn't suffice. Those who've seen heaven have come back speechless. One man couldn't talk about it for 14 years. Paul said, but as it is written, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard. Neither have it entered to the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. R.G. Lee, one of my favorite authors, said, heaven is the most marvelous place the wisdom of God could conceive and the power of God could prepare Unique, unique. The butterfly, the sculpted rose, the stars, the planets, he did those in six days. He's been working up there for 2,000 years. Hey, there'll be some slip and slides and there'll be some roller coasters. And there'll be, there'll be, there'll be 700 yard par ones. Golf it's gonna be the most unique place. And by the way, I don't wanna miss it. He's a unique God. I belong to a unique church. I'm in his bride. I'm going to go be with him one day to a unique heaven. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Little five-year-old girl had never stayed away from home at night, and her best friend invited her to spend the night, and she reluctantly gave it a try. When the night grew dark outside, the little girl grew nervous, and her mother's, the friend's mother said, Honey, are you getting homesick? Little girl replied in complete innocence, no ma'am, I'm getting here sick. I've got my heart set on heaven, a harp, a crown, a mansion of gold. I've got my heart set on heaven, oh, how I'm longing to go. I sing that every now and then. I've never sung it in this church, but I just sung it to you. I want you to stand to your feet, and I want our praise team to come. I mean, our worship team to come, our prayer partners and our praise team. Come on, partners, come on down here. We want to pray for you today. Some of you may need salvation in your life today. Some of you may need healing. Some of you may need a, just a deliverance in your life. Some of you may need that in your life. And we got prayer partners down here that are here to help you. They're here to help you, to assist you today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Dear Father, I bless this congregation right now in the name of the Lord. Lord, you're a unique God. This is a unique place. It's called the church. And Lord, we're going one day to a unique heaven, a very unique place. We honor that. We honor that. I thank you for